don't know why that that counted in there. Yeah, I kind of like it. It makes it feel like real. Yeah, it's like we're recording a real, real track of yeah, music. It's like we're contributing to society. Yeah. You know? So what's new with you? It's been a while. I know, I know. I uh, had to go to L.A. Uh, I was out there promoting my sex tape. Um, it went pretty well. Yo, we speaking of that, we really need to jump on that. Yeah. The project yeah. I've been talking about. Yeah. I uh, Behind your back, I texted our friend Dylan, and he seems real into it. I love it. I love it. Please, go behind my back more. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to be going behind you. Yeah, it's going to be a real um, comeback story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm almost going to spill the beans right now. Kevin and I are going to film something for Pornhub. Not sure what. When we say for Pornhub, we have no actual involvement with them. We just want to film something and put it on Pornhub. Yeah, I, I also want to specify this will not be porn. No, this will not be porn. It'll just be on Pornhub. Yeah, we just want to be the first people to just have like a normal thing on Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about this later, but I really want to have it be VR porn since VR porn is so hot right now. It's the best. I uh, The whole time I was in L.A., uh, if anyone asked me what I did, I was just telling them that uh, I got rich investing in VR porn. It's real hot right now. Yeah, real hot. It's uh, the new Bitcoin. Crypto crypto porn? Yep. Crypto v- gear VR porn. Oculus Go. How is that? I don't know. I haven't used one yet. Hey, that'll be a great venue to demo our stuff on. I agree. I'll have to get my hands on one. Cool. Yeah, so anyways, let's uh, talk about some, some real work. Yeah, some um, true art, unlike my sex tape. Yeah. Um, episode uh, 14. Which episode 14. I didn't write the name down. I just wrote marriage episode. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was about, too. The name was like, this is marriage or something. Yeah. It was really, really lame. I mean, I think the first thing we have to touch on is the uh, shower sex scene between Jack and Mandy Moore. Well, at what age do you think people figure out that shower sex like isn't that great? It is the worst. I I don't know if I've ever had good shower sex. It's yeah, it never really works out how you think it would. Yeah, it's, it's slippery. The angles are hard. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. kind of gets washed away. Hmm. I mean, I guess that's kind of a good part. But, yeah, you know. But the point is, why would you ever try to stand on the soap dish? No. Why? No. She just breaks it right off the wall. And then they just laugh about it. It's that like, oh, like we're young and married, and nothing can affect us. No, in the real world, she would have like there would have been blood. Yeah, it would have been bad. Yeah, it, she, she could have hit her head. Yo, they would they would have gone to the hospital under the auspices of a sex injury. Honestly, if I was fucking my new fiance and she broke the soap dish off, the first thing I think was, "There goes my security deposit." Dude, I'll come over. I'll fix it for you. There you go. It's good. It's good to know. On a, like there's been a lot of shit in my apartment. I'm gonna brag. I fixed. I have fixed myself. I I have zero handyman skills. I I can't fix anything. I'm useless. Yeah, I fixed the dryer. I fixed. I actually. I'm, I'm gonna brag here. I fixed the dryer in my apartment and did it better than the guy that fixed it the first time they broke it out. Turns out he assembled a lot of stuff backwards. There you go. Fucking... And that's part of the reason why I broke again. Fucking dryer, guys. Yeah, teenage teenage sex sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Reoccurring theme on the show, 
Nobody knows about sex. Nobody knows about drugs. Nobody really knows about the real world. Yeah, yeah they think they do, but they're all like, oh my God, oh, oh, it's crazy. Although at one point in the episode, like, so we went from like the plot where they were like really upset that Jack was having sex to then during the dinner, they're like telling that story and he's like, oh yeah, ever since we moved into the basement, he's basically been railing chicks night and day. Yeah. So you give your your teenage son his own bedroom in the basement. Mm-hmm. What did you think was going to happen? Two things, sex and murder. Those are the only two things that are happening in teenage son's basement apartments. Your son is going to start a ska... Wait, this is the 90s, right? <sighs> yes. Yeah, I... your son's going to start a ska band in his basement. It's true. He's going to start skateboarding. He Actually, yeah, were they at the right age for, age for ska? Uh, early their 10 year old birthday was in 89 which right isn't that oh i'm letting on to the uh episode we accidentally watched uh 89 so they were born in 79 yeah no they would have been like they would have been like turning 1820 in the mid late 90s Mm -hmm. the heyday of of scott yeah Yeah. no that that and kevin is a douchebag and would love scott yeah, I mean, you it's know? all about this show is all about hanging out, having a good time, aka the Sky lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no, it's wearing checkered things. There should be a scene in this series where they just show up, and it is a it is a Mountain Dew commercial in their basement. <laughs> there is just a party going on. There's a dude just doing kickflips in the corner of the basement. Yo, like, uh, oh fuck, what was that? Um. It's like the Fast and the Furious. What's that like party Tony Hawk is at? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're like, I think it's the first. Fast no, wait, and the was Furious. it? No, that was that Triple X. Oh, was it Triple X? No, no. Tony Hawk was in the first Triple X. Oh, Tony Hawk helps mount the, one of the crash cams onto the Corvette that they drive off a bridge. Oh, okay, okay. So that's yeah, that's Triple X. Either way, I imagine it very much like that, where there's just a skate park built into like a giant loft apartment. But yeah, like what the fuck are you gonna? What the fuck is your kid gonna be doing in a basement? Mm-hmm. You think he's gonna suddenly be building an airplane in his basement with all of his extra, you yeah. know, space? No, he is going to be bringing lots and lots of different girls. He's a jock. He's going to be bringing lots of different girls down to the basement. Mm-hmm. Things you get into and you do in a basement. Heroin, weird porn online, play way too many video games, don't see the sunlight. It's high school. That's what you're supposed to do in a basement. Drink Mountain Dew Code Red. All right, all right. Play lots of N64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So my first instinct wa- watching the show was, uh, you know, his, his, his BFF is at their wedding. They're talking about how much he loves his wife, mm-hmm. Shelly. And my hope was that Shelly was going to die. Yeah, I thought we'd get a little change of pace, and instead of all the dads dying, maybe we'd get a mom dying. Nope. No, I can't kill no. mom. Yeah, moms moms live forever in this show. I also just want to go back to my notes where after the shower sex scene, I just wrote, their love makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so angry. Um... Do you think that there were any sex-related shower injuries inspired by this series? Absolutely. 
because my thought whenever all these things happen, it's like, all right, so you've got how many million people watch this show? Like know. tens of millions of people watch this show. At least some of them are going to be inspired to do this kind of stuff in the shower. Yeah. What percentage of that's going to end in failure? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's there were definitely injuries as a result of that sex scene. Yeah. Let's talk about Shelly for a moment and just the fact that they didn't really bring talk to her much as a character. I don't know much about her. I all I, I know is that it's like, yeah, I woke up and what's the what's his best friend's name again? Uh, Miguel. What is Miguel's wife like? What is Shelly's like? Why are they divorcing? We only hear Miguel's side. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what Shelly's side is. He's just like, yeah, I woke up and all of a sudden I realized I just like didn't give a shit about making her coffee or making her happy or... Mm-hmm. And she didn't notice, Ryan. Yeah. She didn't even notice. I don't know, you know? I mean, but Shelly's not important because she's non-existent. The only reason why we care about Miguel is because he eventually ends up cuckolding Jack from the grave. Yeah, he takes care of his, you know, his former other, his former better half's yeah. better half. Yeah, he's just at that wedding. Like, some of you know me as Jack's best friend. In the future, I'll be, you know, that friend that moves in and fucks his wife once he's dead. You know, it's always one of those. Yeah, always my friends getting married now. I'm always like. I wonder which one, you know, after they die. Which wife am I going to end up with? Yeah. But, yeah, it, the whole thing where the inspiration of this is like, oh, like, if they can't, ma- if they can't make it, well, how can we? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what this entire show, when you think about it, is about. Mm-hmm. Of showing you these this family that has challenges and, hey, if they can overcome their problems, then... Surely you can, too, in this oppressive society of ours where you've got lots of problems, like your wife wants to go on tour with mm-hmm. her jazz quartet. Yep. Those huge, huge problems. Where they'll play with other great jazz bands in yeah. front of rooms full of actual people. Because I believe what he is how he tries to sell her. It's yeah, that guy, that guy sucks. And again, is terribly written... Because they wrote, they wrote it. It sounds like he is an abusive husband, mm-hmm. but he has really zero leverage over her. Yeah, I actually this whole episode, I just got vibes. Like the more I watch this show, the more I'm realizing like Jack is a controlling asshole. Yeah. So like, he, I have that written down here somewhere. Oh yeah, I do too. I there are multiple times where I just wrote. I literally wrote, so I just wrote, blah, 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 Uh, the kids in the, this is the dinner scene, or the kids in the band, passive aggressive show comment, divorce dinner, exclamation point, and then I wrote, Jack is not a divorce man, he'll kill you, Mandy Moore, get out. Yeah, he's a very, he's a man with a overly simplistic view of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. It's implied that he has some kind of intelligence. I haven't really seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Why are we supposed to root for him? I, I don't know. He wants a kid when it's very clear that they have not their hands full with, with three kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I want to I wanna do this. Yeah, his character is basically like, be a dumbass, overreact, then do something super romantic to make up for it. Yeah. But it's like, 
you know, maybe just stop being a fucking dumbass. You can save any relationship with the right romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. That's what this show is trying to teach us. Actually, yeah, there. What that is? That was the whole theme of yeah. like, yeah, the fucking like. I I literally got the vibe during the scene when they when they were like debating divorce that I was like Jack is the dude who would kill you, yeah. Like all these forensic files episodes I watch where the husband like Ooh. kills the wife because they're they're trying to leave him and they're like you're not leaving me and then you know like suddenly a cinder block falls off the roof onto their head. That's Jack. He would do that. He would murder Mandy Moore before he would let her divorce him. Wow. Yeah. I I want like an alternate reality of this is us where they go through hard times and get a divorce and he murders her it'd be great tv much yeah. darker it'd be on hbo the thing that i've learned from watching all of those things lifetime movies a lot of other shows or to be fair a lot of people in general the relationships that are like the most stable long term are ones where there's not a lot of wild emotions if yeah. your relationship is all about grand gestures of love and how much like you're the best and then it's going to evolve into oh wait like I love you I have all this emotion towards you look at all the stuff I bought you because I loved you don't you love me back you'll always love me if you don't love me what is what's your point and then you're right then it's a hop skip and a jump to I'm just going to murder you yeah yeah, it's one hundred percent. I'm positive. I'm I'm the meme right now of that guy sitting at the table where it's like says a thing and then it's like changed my mind. That's how I feel. I'm like Jack will murder Mandy Moore if the dog didn't get him. The dog that also in wait was was it this episode or thirteen? It all blends dog. together. I know. So just just to give you guys some context, we accidentally watched 13, and then the whole time we were like, it feels like we missed a fucking episode. How did it jump to the... And then we realized we had never watched 14. So we watched them both tonight. Uh, So we're doing the 14 podcast now. 13 coming at you soon. Um, It all blends together. Yeah. All I know is at one point, they they start talking about the fucking dog and he's like, I good dog, I good dog, like and she's like, Okay, fine. And then later on in the episode, he's like, Oh, oh yeah, he ran the rene- dog like, and she's like, Absolutely not. And I'm like, She reneges on him. Yeah, yeah. That's some fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah. They should have adopted a real nice dog like they adopted those kids. Mm-hmm. By those kids I mean Randall. Yeah, that that one kid. Um let's see. We got any more in the divorce dinner? Anything good? Um, yeah, it also, yo, actually let's back up. Why did he bring his wife along? Be like, yeah, we're getting divorced. I don't know. Isn't that a pull you aside in a bar while I'm telling you like, look, man, like me and my wife are getting divorced. She clearly does not want to be there. They say like, oh, we're we're still going to be friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that moment was played for what it actually is, which is a goddamn oh, no. lie. Susie? Shelly? Shelly. Shelly. Shelly is moving across the country as soon as that divorce is finalized. Oh, yeah. Shelly is out. They're not friends. No. No. Shelly's going to move to fucking Venice Beach and meet some like dude working out on the beach and just like, just like some 27-year-old who likes older women and just like 
do her fucking thing because they don't have kids, right? Oh, no, they do. Yeah, they, they said do? co-parenting. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe she can't do that, but who knows? Who knows what kind of mother Shelly is because we get zero fucking backstory. Yeah, I want to know we what she does for a job. Shelly. I want to know more about Shelly. Another, another fucking idea for goddamn ABC. Shelly fucking spinoff show where we get some goddamn insight into Shelly. Honestly, Miguel, I don't know much about him as a character. No. I've seen that he gives advice, but I'm not sure what it's rooted in. He marries Mandy Moore and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm I so here's here's my theory on Miguel. So Jack is really like not adjusted well. Yeah. And and so he has no friends cuz he's just obsessed with fucking Mandy Moore cuz like we never see that friend from the poker game, we never get that dude. Yeah. Like, where is he? So he's just so obsessed with Mandy Moore. He has no friends. So his best friend is just this, like, kind of all right dude he works with. Miguel, who he really doesn't even know that well. He wears a suit where Jack doesn't. Mm-hmm. Don't trust a suit. It's true. Also, was Heather the same girl that was flirting with uh, flirting with Jack later in the season? Yes. So Heather's just a fucking homewrecker. Um, Heather's just in that office trying to trying to fuck all the married dudes. First off, um, I was gonna say don't slut shame, but actually, I yeah, know that is kind of shitty. She's like being positioned as like a homewrecker. Yeah, I'm like, not. I'm she's... not slut shaming. If you want to fuck married people, by all means. Yeah, takes but two it's to weird tango. that yeah that that is explicitly how she is going after. Like, all right. I'm just going to go off this one dude I know is married. All right, maybe this other dude in the office that I know mm-hmm. is married. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's just throwing herself at married men. Speaking of married men, the uh, again, Toby is the chillest character on the show. Yeah. Toby is honestly the most realistic character on that show. He is. Everything else doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Toby, it, Toby is the role that he is, and... Honestly, serves as like the virtual version of the audience. Mm-hmm. No, Toby shows up and like is chill. He gets some sweet light up sneakers. Those shoes are dope. I love those. Yeah, I think I, I wrote them down in my notes. I think I wrote his shoes light up with like three exclamation points. Toby has light up shoes. Um, bouncing back after a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, w- what does he say when he shows up? He's like, "I'm cleared for some low impact lovemaking, and none of that crazy stuff you're into." So first off, Toby lays it on us that like Kate's a freak. And that's her right to be a freak. I mean, hey, th- but like now I want more info on like what Kate's into. Nobody talks like that because like you know what he would say. Here's how any normal person would say that. Yeah, we can do that, but like I'll have to be on bottom. Yeah. But, like... That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Th- this sh- Here we are with this show that's like, oh, I don't know anything about sex, blah, blah, blah. We're all so clueless, and Kate's into some weird shit. Some, like, high-energy weird I want to know shit. what... I want to know what they think high-impact stuff is. I know. I want to know what the kinky stuff for This Is Us is. It's It's got to be, like, some, like, heavy petting and choking. That's all it's got to be for this show. There's no way there's like whips and chains involved. 
No, nothing that would involve props. <laughs> Could you imagine them doing like a, a Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> storyline and This Is Us? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Fifth season, if they start running out of ideas, that would be great. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it's Hamilton. Okay, he's just jumping up behind you. Okay, cool. Yeah, Toby rules. Duke is Toby rules. Duke sucks. Duke is the worst. Duke sucks. He really is. Um, he's really good at being a dick, though. Like, like I was like, man, fuck this guy. But I was like, he's he's kind of like a weirdly well developed character. Yeah, I was initially shitting on the character of like, yeah, he's like a dick, but he's like, what what is this guy? The mystery of Fat Camp. <laughs> he's like the Fat Camp rebel bad boy. Yeah, but he also like is a pickup artist. He's really big on negging women. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What we found out about later is that his parents own the place, which is how he gets away with it. I think that even in a camp like this where it's you've got a relatively small client base, you can't get it out that this dude will just this dude will pick on you in a supposedly safe space. He yeah. will call and like he will call you insecure for something that you are clearly insecure about. That's why you are physically there. He's like, no, no. This is, you suck. Mm-hmm. You should. You suck. You should suck my dick. Yeah, yeah. He basically attacks women for their fucking. Sorry, I'm taking pictures of Ryan and Hamilton. That's why I'm pausing. Um, but uh, yeah, he basically attacks women and like goes right for their emotional vulnerabilities to get them to have sex with him. Yep. He is a. He is the Chris Brown of. Fat camp. And, of course, he stays in unlucky number 13. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty sweet job. But how is he fucking this up so bad? Mm. All he has to do is be the stable boy. He gets a real nice place for free, it's implied, because it's owned Mm -hmm. by his parents. And they're just cool with him doing this? (laughs) This clearly is not the first time that he's done this. Yeah. He's definitely, if we got a little more backstory into Duke, he clearly hates himself. Oh, yeah. You know, and he takes it out on these women because he's just jealous. That because he's a, he, because he's a fail son, that, yeah. as they revealed, that his parents wanted him to do great things, but instead he's working at one of the fat camps that they own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, flashback to before the fat camp stuff, that fucking diner scene yeah. where, once again, they have a favorite fucking booth. Why is that a thing in the show? People with favorite fucking boots. This show is really big on artifacts of nostalgia, I found. Yeah. They want everything to be reproducible to a single anecdote or a reason behind a specific noun. Like, for example, the coffee story at the end of this. They had this, like, oh, this one single moment of time, create a story about that. That Mm -hmm. is what we base this character off of. It's the same thing. It's, oh yeah, the girl I've been wanting to fuck since the fourth grade, this is where we like first made out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, the level of creepiness with that whole situation, unreal. Yeah. Him just being like, I remember what you were wearing the first day of fourth grade. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. I'm like trying to remember the girl I had a crush on in fourth grade. 
I don't even know if I can remember her name. I don't know. Maybe I'm a monster, but I mean, Kevin Pearson is definitely the worst person in this show. Like, Jack's bad. Kevin's like a, a it might be worse, or they're like neck and neck. They're they're both presented as like oh well meaning people that there are things there are people that have faults but they overcome them and they overall make the right choice. But mm. in reality, their actions and the choices that they're trying to make they're all just completely hollow. They're all so ulti- they agonize over things that are ultimately really pr- quite pointless. There isn't all of the problems that they come up with are things that are relatively generated by their own actions and not the world acting upon them. Yeah, they're 90s sad boys. Yeah. You know, just making their own problems and being sad about it. Because the, the whole thing is like, he fucking wrecks his own marriage. He goes and cheats on her and then and then fucking hangs out with Toby for five minutes and is like, I gotta win her back. Yep. I love her. I still remember what she wore in fourth grade. Blah, blah, blah. And then like follows her onto a train has a public blowout on the train, which, like, no one really cares about. I feel like, like, if I'm in public and I see a couple fighting like that, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, you know? And oh, like, I'm recording all of that. Yeah, like, I, yeah, my phone's out and I'm yelling, world star. You know, I'm <laughs> ready. I'm waiting for blows to happen. Um, al- sh- also, that fucking train was hilarious at how oh God. not even close to an MTA train that was. I'm going to put a picture in the enhanced cast right yeah. now. <laughs> it was, this train was a joke. They weren't it was even an close LA, to trying to make it. Was it was an LA train that they just slapped the MTA yeah. logo on the side of. Yeah, I was like, is that the BART? First off, no New York City subway has that that quantity of seats in it. Yeah. But more importantly, that... It is not realistic because you don't have at least one person yelling "fuck the MTA" at all times. <laughs> the conductor is—you can understand yeah. the conductor in the background. They're not yeah. apologizing. Everybody in that situation would be yelling when the yeah when the train starts going again. The they all like cheer together like "yay, go train!" It's like no, if this is the MTA. There would be like so, someone releasing crickets, everyone freaking out like. A homeless person that you don't know if they're dead or alive, you know? It was that scene from, like, a year ago where there was just a group of people forcing their way off of the train. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a goddamn zombie oh, movie. yeah. That's the awesome. real world. It just pulls into a station, and it's like, yeah, get, don't get on that train. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Well, um, But, to, so to back it up a bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. He... I, I guess apparently they go from, hey, I'm going to like be talk about how creepy you, like I was towards you, and it's like, I still love you. They go from that to dating real quick. Oh, yeah. So, wait, does she ever talk about how she dumped her boyfriend? She said, no. She says very explicitly, yeah, I'm with this guy that I really like have a thing for. He's a decent human. I don't know what you want from me. And then that's like, yeah, well, we're like seeing each other, but we're not nope. having sex. Because like we have where she shows up for his show. Yeah. Like that he sells her on coming to see the show. She shows up for the show. Then there's like the talk where after the they like shop. start seeing each other. 
And then there's like the victorious sex scene in like the second to last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that dude just gets dumped and gets nothing. Just gets shit on. Um Yeah, so their relationship is real weird. And to be honest, you haven't seen somebody for twelve years. I don't care if you're looking at their Facebook, you they, Oh yeah. People change. Yeah, that's also another thing that is, like, glossed over. He is like, oh, yeah, I catfished you. And she's like, oh, my God, haha, that's so funny. But he's literally like, yeah, I made a fake profile. And I was like, this Asian dude. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, like, leeway or whatever. And he's like, yep, in the flush, like, that's me. And she's like, haha, too funny. If If I was n- not with someone... And my ex was like, hey, while we were broken up, I made a fake profile so I could stalk you. Sorry. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We we need to we need to back up a little bit. Yeah. This isn't just something I can I can just gloss over. I mean, there is I will say the instinct to want to see what your exes are up to is a not uncommon thought. And it's an okay thing to have. But yeah, it's like like throw their handle on Instagram every once in a while, see what's up, not make a whole nother fucking profile and yeah. interact with them because she knew who the catfish was. It wasn't just like a random person in her friends list. She's like, oh my God, you're that guy. Ha ha ha. It definitely implied like that they had interacted on Facebook. Yeah. So. so was he creating a whole separate profile? Mm-hmm. How deep did that rabbit hole go? Yeah. Yeah, you know, whose who's life did he steal? There's so many goddamn questions unanswered with this show. The way that I see it is that it's a lot of how they have to throw in one reference about their current time frame is mm-hmm. to try to make it as overly broad as possible. Like, Oh, this is about Madonna. You like Madonna. People like Madonna back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and they just throw that. At, they just throw that out there to have people have a mental anchor of, oh, mm-hmm. this is at this time. People did this at this time. Yep. So, what did people do in two thousand sixteen? They still made fake Facebook profiles. I guess. Hmm. I guess it was. Uh, I guess I don't even know. I don't even fucking know. It's fucking. She's so cool with it, though. She's yeah. so okay she with is it. We- she's weirdly cool about us. And her, we don't know much about her personality, either. She has the response she, that... She's kind of a bitch, though. I mean, like... And, uh, damn, this is going into 13 again. But, like, she flakes on her best friend's birthday to go, like, flirt with fucking him. Yeah. You know? Like, fucking Kevin's just a dickhole. And steals his sister's best friend on her birthday because he's in love with her. Uh, we'll get into that in the next episode. Anybody who is like, I'm in love with you for somebody for that long. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing where it's like, yeah, you're oh, you're like high school sweethearts and like you like got divorced. That's almost a trope in this in this yeah. like in the real world now. Yeah, like, it's kind of weird. Like, when you grow up, we all know people that's like, yeah, I got married at 19 for the guy that I've been dating for, like, five years. And it's like, yeah, that's not healthy at all. Yeah, it's like, and 
you're not, and not, you're glad when they like get divorced or when they finally realize like yeah this is just a bad move yeah hopefully they didn't have kids yeah yep fucking who fucking knows man but yeah when you are in fourth grade you sure shit aren't developed as a human <laughs> yeah, no but, girls yeah. are still icky in fourth grade yeah Although, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to fuck in fourth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have that moment when you, when did that moment happen to you when you realized that once you got more out into the real world that, like, the hottest girl that you knew at the high, at your high school really wasn't, like, as attractive as just so many other people you see on a daily basis? Mm-hmm, Yeah. That's really weird. I do remember very distinctly having that moment of yeah. like, like all the girls you're like, oh, like they're so fucking hot, and then like seeing them now, and being like, oh wow, they're not nearly as pretty as I thought they were. Yep. But you know, it happens. I'm sure uh, that's a two way street. I'm sure there's a. Actually, no. I feel like that's probably the opposite for me. No one thought I was hot. In grammar school or high school. Yeah, if anything, I'm more... At this stage, I feel like I'm just kind of getting to the ability where I don't actively repulse other people. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, now they're like, oh, that Kevin kid, he was, yeah, he was super lame in uh, grammar school. And, you know, he was all right in high school. Now he's a solid 6 out of 10. Yeah. I could hang out with him, like, once a week, you know? Yeah, like I'm. So. It's like yeah, I don't, I'm down to hang out with Ryan. Versus before, no one wanted to hang out with me. <laughs> oh no, sad boy Ryan. Speaking of sad boys, let's talk about Randall chat. Oh, Randall, Randall, Randall. Let's have some Randall chat. Randall's fucking fucking fuck. So this is all setting up his like weird fucking breakdown, which like I thought was going to be way more dramatic than it was. Yeah. Because, like, we already got the breakdown, and it was almost so lackluster I didn't notice it. I kind of feel it's, it, I kind of feel that they had that in there, and they just had to cut it for time. Maybe. Maybe. I have this feeling that they filmed a bit more stuff for this episode, and they had to cut it out for that part where they cuddle in the apartment. Mm, oh, my fucking God. Um, Actually, yeah. there, I just realized there's another artifact of nostalgia, mm-hmm. where it's you have a, it's like, oh, this... This place represents something. Yeah. Also, since we're talking about it, how do you just rent an apartment for a night? How the fuck did he work that out? Because he was just like, oh, yeah, I rented this for a night. I'm like, this is a fucking apartment that is vacant, and you're going to come in and be like, hey, listen, me and my wife used to live here. We want to, like, spice things up. So we're going to come in for one night. I'm going to... Put candles and rose petals everywhere, and presumably we're going to fuck all over this apartment, and then we'll leave the next day, and you start showing it again. I don't know. I mean, that's actually exactly how it would go. You just slip and got some money. I guess. Like, what landlord do you know wouldn't accept just 100 bucks? You're right. You're right. It's it's if, very plausible. If you're just like, yeah, we're not going to run an Airbnb wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Also, they're in western Pennsylvania. Where did we say it was? Pittsburgh? Uh, we we never like quite figured it out. It's definitely no, in PA. No, it wasn't Pittsburgh. It was like it was some like tinier town. Yeah. I forgot what it was. Anyways, 
Airbnbs weren't a thing back then. You could totally just give a landlord 100 bucks cash and just say, hey, we're going to like hang out here. Also, how I guess a lot of VR porn got filmed. Mm-hmm. That's why the sets are so barren is because they just go to a realtor and said, hey, this house, just don't show this house today. We'll bring in our own Ikea furniture, and that's it. That's uh, sick. I wish there was something like like houses had like a house fax, like there's car fax. And it was just like what one po- night rented by a couple who used to live here definitely banged everywhere. If there was a service that showed you like, hey, this porn was shot right where you're standing, that would actually be kind of funny. That would be hilarious. Dude, if there like was a- porn shot in, in this apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We got some nice hardwood floors, you know. Cleans up nice. Yeah. If there is a black leather couch in here, who knows where this place could go. Yeah. Um, Randall, goddammit. Mm, Randall. Randall's just so, like... Randall's... The men in this show really suck. I'm really realizing that. All and No wonder why all the dads die. They're all the fucking worst. Kevin's a total douchebag who, like, cheats on his wife. Toby's cool. So, Toby's, like, the only guy who's, like... A, Toby's ja- not a dad. J- true. Jackson Toby's not can, a dad. Neither is Kevin, though. Kevin's a dick. Yeah, but he's part of the family. It's true. He's raised by Jack Pearson, controlling, abusive, dog-rescuing, dead person. Um, fucking Randall, though, yeah, he's also, like, weirdly controlling of the whole situation and keeps, like, clapping back at his wife and his dad and, like, can't balance his fucking shit, man. Get your life together, Randall. It's shown that he's a successful businessman. So mm-hmm. we finally learn officially in this episode they're in wealth management. Is that what they're that's, in? There's a slot up that's like uh. William and something wealth management. <laughs> there we go. So basically they're making a living telling rich people how to manage their money. Yeah, and – so a tiny bit of, I guess, maybe inside baseball. So I grew up in like a, I guess, oh, I grew up in a financial family, but like my entire town growing up was like, it was the banker town mm-hmm. because it was the stop that wasn't in Greenwich. Mm-hmm. It got a, it was the really the first town in Connecticut that you could live in and get lots of Metro North trains to and from. Okay. Um, because Connecticut taxes are a lot lower than New York. Um mm-hmm. Greenwich houses a lot more expensive. Also, the trains don't run as often. Just a kind of quirk of how it is. And, uh, you know, the first major stop, you don't want to live anywhere near the train station. So we, this is the town that I grew up in. And, you know, I learned at least some stuff about finance. The people who wrote the show don't know anything about finance. Or money. Right. They – wealth management, they talk about creating, like, derivatives and things like mm-hmm. – that's not wealth management. That's – um. I'm more just a, maybe like a straight broker or something like that. That I will have to do a bit of research on. But what they're talking about is not wealth management. So they're basically just like, yeah, he's in money management. Yeah, derivatives. Yeah, accounts. Like, blah, blah. They just don't Merges know. Mergers and acquisitions. He always just has random stock charts up. <laughs> he always has random stock charts up on his single laptop. Again, not realistic. Every single finance guy has at least two screens on their desk. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they would have a Bloomberg terminal in their office instead of um, it's just, oh, I have a Mac laptop. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, who the fuck? Also, derivatives. What? That was some 2007 Great Recession bullshit. Was it? Yeah, like I don't know. Prince, you were like you're betting money on other stocks on other stocks. You are several layers removed, so you're really exposed if anything goes wrong. All right, let's go. Like, oh, we created this derivative for a renewable energy. We're gonna create more renewable energy derivatives. That's not no, that's not new. Again, you're not wealth management doesn't deal with this, this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Also, love how Sanjay's ro- walking around just holding a 12 inch iPad that just has graphs on it. Because <laughs> Sanjay is experienced, Ryan. He's brought in to get the accounts. I I I don't know about you. I don't want this podcast to be about nothing but like, oh, they got all the technical details wrong. Like, oh, he's not wearing the right kind of pants. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you could at least do your goddamn homework. It's true. You could at least like search Wikipedia for something or make a few text messages, send a few text messages. Yeah, it's it's shockingly upsetting just how many things are wrong with this show. Yeah. Like, I, I started just because I just like... Wanted to make fun of the show, and now I'm genuinely invested in how fucking bad and angry it makes me. Yeah, like some of the technical aspects, I can under I can understand. Shows always have budget pressure. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna fault them for cer- for like oh they they like oh they did this. No, I mm-hmm. the thing that I pointed out was like oh they have an NES, but clearly they're in an SNES time. Like mm-hmm. n- I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Randall definitely had a hand in the 2007 financial crisis. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe that's future seasons of This Is Us. Oh, him having a panic attack yeah, as a 20-something? Yeah, something like, dealing sobbing. With the... Actually, that would be cool if they legitimate were like, he had a... He was starting out in his career, so he, he's in, like, his, what, his 30s? So he would have been I... in his mid-20s trying to do dating while at the same time dealing with the fallout from the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. That could legitimately be an interesting thing of how, you know, he just has to, he can't, he also clearly can't deal with stress all that well. Yeah, no, he's terrible. Which is real weird because he's at a financial institution. Yeah. He tries to deny everything all the time. He's like, can we not talk about my dad dying? And it's like, uh, my dude, like, he just quit doing chemo because it wasn't working. There's, There's no other, like, he's, he's gonna die. Also, nobody else in any office I've ever met, regardless of how big of a dick they they would be, would like call you out on your shit when it's like, yeah, so my dad, who I never knew as a child and was adopted into a family where I was literally a like different race from them, like, yeah, he suddenly reappeared. Oh, also, this guy that I just – my dad that I just met, he's dying of cancer and living with me, so I kind of have to deal with that. Everyone would cut you a fucking break for that. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're fucking shitting on him and giving half his accounts to fucking Sanjay. Goddamn Sanjay. I don't have anything. I don't. I don't have anything really great written here except for just Duke loves nagging. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really yeah. Cause then after we get uh, all the like Randall stuff. Uh, where his wife calls marriage, and he he like is like okay, like fine, I'll miss this dinner for this account, which will definitely be detrimental to my career, you know. But 
We gotta watch this little girl play chess. You know. Also, she got really good at chess really, 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 really quickly. Yeah, she, like, literally didn't know how to play. She became an overnight success, which... Yeah. Weird, simplistic things. It's all about symbolism. There is no need for all of this really dumb nostalgia. But that's that's what the show is all about. This show is all about reveling in nostalgia and having physical artifacts you can attach them to. See, like, the... Uh, Randall's dad breaking into well, breaking into mm-hmm. Randall's dad knocking on an old house that he's like I used to live here just yanks a brick out of the fireplace it's like these toys I put here when I was a kid mm-hmm. always it's uh it's it's all this show's got it's just the same tropes over and over it's where we're at we're just pointing them out same thing over and over and over it makes me furious. I, I really want to finish the first season so we can get on, get on to the second season. I know. I, I want to see if they've learned their lessons about just the stakes at play. And it's interesting how they just keep trying to lost the their dad and that like they're alluding to this mystery. Mm-hmm. But they're doing a real bad job losting it. They don't just mm-hmm. bring in new things to the, myth, to the mythology of the family. It's just, yeah, we have this one thing. He dies somehow. Yep. And then it becomes kind of like the numbers and loss, where it turns out they just don't really mean anything. <laughs> it was just random coincidence. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't figure out how to write that. And the smoke monster. Yeah. I mean, if I look back on it, like I, Lost was definitely a lot more fun to watch than this series <laughs> was. Yeah. It, it It did make you cry, but... In a good way, not in a just you felt like an emotional hostage. Well, yeah, it's because Lost is about the whole show is about just being a drama and setting up characters so you can show their past. Mm-hmm. Like Lost would have really sometimes just one episode devoted to setting up an entire character's backstory. And it was for some, it was better than others, but at the end of the day, you at least got a feeling that most characters you saw on that show had a backstory that was fleshed out mm-hmm. with this. It's they're just people being brought in NPCs being brought in to say their line and then get out. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can put that. Cause no, absolutely. Video game. Skyrim has better writing than this show. Mm-hmm. That it does that it does. Yeah. If, if you, in all honesty, if you are listening to this and you disagree with, if you are listening to this and you disagree with what we're saying and what you think the themes of the show are, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find you know how to listen to, to contact Kevin, Kevin or I. Because mm-hmm. at this point, it's only our friends listening to this. Hey, if your friend, if you, if our friends tell their friends, we can get more people listening. We can be my friends. And then that line from that Big Papa song. You know. Y'all know how it goes. Exactly. God, yeah, sorry. We're just real wiped out from watching so much This Is Us. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. joking when I'm saying like this has been a real struggle just trying to untangle the thread of what happened in one episode. Mm-hmm. And honestly, both of them feel like really the same episode. Yeah, they really do. Especially... Especially given the fact that uh, it's been like a week and a half since we recorded the last episode. 
because of my little sex tape promotion trip, you know? Yo, when does the tape drop? Uh, tape's going to drop the same day as the new Kanye album. It's uh, We collabed on it. Companion piece? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I helped him write uh, Lift Yourself, and uh, I ghost wrote that. And uh, he goes through my porn tape. It's uh, loosely based off uh, the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Is this going to be one of those things like, you know, where Pink Floyd had that album that you play at the same time as The Wizard of Oz and it syncs up? Mm-hmm. Is this the same thing where you have to play his album and at the same time as your sex tape? Yeah, yeah. you can you can imagine what's going on during the uh, scoop dd poop uh, verse. On my sex tape. God damn it. Yeah. Gets real wild.